Good. How are you, Jenna? Good. It's great to see you again twice yes. in I know. the past well, couple of months. You're the reason I took a trip to Austin. And even if the audio didn't work, like I still loved Austin. So thank you. Well, I'm glad you got a little girl's trip out of it. <laughs> it was perfect. How was your, how was your news your ears been? What was that? How was your New Year's? New Year's was great. Um, it was very relaxing. I was not even awake for the ball dropping. And I gave my husband so much shit the past two years because he hadn't been awake. Like once you have children, it's just like, it's hard to get a babysitter on New Year's. So I was in bed when the ball dropped and got some good rest. <laughs> so It's very lame, that, but great. No, no, it's not lame. You got a good night's sleep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Starting the new year off right. My family was in town from Ohio and we didn't even like think about the time zone change. So we missed the ball drop as well, but we were playing like, we were just playing card games and this game called Chameleon on New Year's Eve. So it was fun, but I guess people said that the ball dropped really quickly. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see it, but people were watching the ball drop and apparently it like actually dropped. You know how usually it goes down steadily? Yeah, I need to like look it up and see if that's actually true or not. But anyways, do you have any New Year's resolutions or do you not believe in that? There's like people who are super against them. It's funny. So I'm I'm not against anything. Like I think everyone should have their own body autonomy, can do whatever they want. Like I don't want to yuck someone else's yum. And with that being said, I really encourage people like if they have New Year's resolutions to think about what's the intention behind it and is it serving you in a way that feels pleasant physically, mentally, and emotionally. So for me, I don't really do New Year's resolutions per se because I did had many years of a fucked up relationship with food and body where I, I told myself I wasn't eating carbs for a whole year and like down to calzone by January 2nd and felt completely out of control. There was one year where I told myself I would work out every day and then like the first day I missed it, I completely hated myself and shamed myself. So been there, done that. Um, I now center a word each year is kind of my thing where it's it's like, what do I want to feel and experience in 2024, right? Or in whatever year. And so for me this year, the word is contentment. I find that it's so easy. And I feel like you and I chatted about this a little bit, but it, like, it's so easy to compare. It's so easy to like, look at other people online or even in real life, right? Like other moms or other entrepreneurs or, and never feel content with what you have. And for me, I just, I want to be content. And so really focusing on being present, getting off of the phone, which is easier said than done. Um, but I have such a beautiful life in front of me and I don't want to always be wishing it away for the next thing. So that's my word this year is contentment. That's a good word. I definitely struggle with that. It's funny you say like comparing yourself to other people. I see this all the time and I'm like, I compare myself to myself. Oh, for sure. And I look back at pictures of myself this time last year and I just started working with a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. I was just like probably my best shape ever. And I was trying to do cycle syncing, which I need to ask you about. I need to know like your opinion about cycle syncing. And, um, yeah, I look back at those pictures and I'm like, oh, I look so good. Okay, I need to get back into that. And I never really compared myself to other people, but I have to say my cycle instructor is probably the hottest girl I've ever seen in my life. Like I went to a class today and I keep going back to her classes because I'm like, I want to look like her so bad. I just want to be as strong as her. I love her confidence. I love everything about her. But I feel like it's really about how you like look at the people you're comparing yourself to because I'm really motivated by her. Yeah. But yeah, I... um. I have some New Year's resolutions that I'm kind of starting, but I believe in resolutions. Maybe not like completing them all at once, but like you said, just overall goals that you complete within a year. So one of mine (laughs) that you commented on is I'm trying to do the 75 hard challenge and I need to know your thoughts on 75 hard because so many people right now are doing it. I was laughing so hard. I was like scrolling in bed and I just like, like had a gut reaction of like Jenna no and then I like press send and I'm like I hope she doesn't think I'm like no you're not allowed to do this but I was like we'll talk tomorrow um so it's so funny when when you said that so again it's I I want for for people to hear at so I am a registered dietitian I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor I'm also a certified personal trainer and so I care deeply about people's health and their health goals physically mentally and emotionally and so whenever I enter this space of being 
anti-diet and anti-diet culture. I, I like to make it really explicitly clear that I'm anti the culture, not anti the people that are maybe doing some of the diets. Um, because again, if I raise my hand, I, I dieted for, oh gosh, probably 15 years. I was <laughs> on and off anything and everything you could ever imagine. And so when it comes to the 75 hard, I do not support it, but it's not that I'm, I, I love to like be very blunt that I'm not shaming you saying you shouldn't do it, or this is why it's bad. It's more so the reasons why I don't support it, for example, are it can lead to feeling morality tied to certain things. So for example, let's, let's talk water intake. Cause that was your video. So <laughs> you were like, people were like, people were like, don't drink that much water. You're literally going to flood yourself. I'm like, is that even a thing? You're supposed to drink a gallon of water a day. I started doing it. I'm on like day three and I'm, I'm peeing every like five minutes. I'm not kidding you. Like, and you don't need to know that, but I'm telling you that anyways. Well, that means your, your process works properly. Like that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. But so it is quite excessive though. You, so, you can, you can like drown yourself from the inside out and like have too much water, but it is so uncommon. And like the amount of water that you would have to drink to do that in, 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 in the amount of time, like you're not going to do that. So don't worry about I that. I was kind of saying that as like a hype. I don't even know if hyperbole is the right kind of word. I was just <laughs> exaggerating, but if that, that's really a thing, you can actually drown yourself in water. Well, it's that you can become too hydrated where the electrolytes in your body aren't balanced properly and it can become dangerous. Oh, okay. But we see this, like there's been stories on it and like frat party initiations where they made these frat boys like chug unbelievable amounts of water in a very short amount of time kind of thing. So again, okay. it's very big, extreme circumstances, probably not going to happen to you. Um, but it is something to think about of, okay, when we look at some of the things 75 hard promotes, they're saying like, get like water, right? I don't think that water intake is inherently a bad thing to focus on. I think it's great to be hydrated. And there comes a point with it where it's like, is it really what we need to be focusing on? Is it adding? Is it benefiting you physically, mentally, emotionally? Are you more hydrated? Yes. Are you peeing every five minutes and could probably drink a little less water and still be properly hydrated? Probably. And so it's just looking at these rules that whether it's 75 hard or any program try to tell us what happens is we can start to fixate on them. We can really put all of our eggs in those baskets. So then we're putting the emphasis on the external of like, I'm going to follow these rules. I'm going to be good. I'm going to do these things which then makes it really hard to listen to our internal cues. Like, are you thirsty? If the answer's no, you don't have to drink water and you're still working towards health promoting goals in other ways. So that's where I, I just never want anyone to feel like their morality is tied to this or they're doing good or bad, heavy air quotes based on these rules. But I don't think some of the things are inherently bad, like reading 10 pages of a book a day. Like that's a great thing to pull us out of the digital screens and, and get really present. So there's pieces of it. I think that can be health promoting. And I think mm -hmm. it's understanding your own intention of like, do I feel like a bad person if I miss a workout? Do I feel guilty if I don't do these things? And then if the answer is yes, kind of digging in deeper there and, and looking into that. Well, it's funny you say that because one of the rules with 75 hard is that if you miss a day, if you miss one of the things, you have to start over. I'm like, start over? Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I've, okay, I'm being so dramatic too because I'm on day four I'm on day four I won't lie like I do feel really motivated mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the 75 hard I don't know if it's the fact that I am like I there's a saying that you build confidence through um following through with your word mm -hmm. essentially like the promises you break basically break your confidence so when you follow through with something you say that you're going to do it helps build your confidence it helps build your trust in yourself and yes. I feel like that's maybe more so what I'm doing 75 hard to focus on is building confidence in myself because there's a lot of times that I'll say I'm going to do something and most of the time I do follow through when it comes to like events or other people mm -hmm. but whenever I say I'm going to do something for myself usually I like break it within a couple of days like for example I bought this stair stepper on TikTok shop okay I saw your video <laughs> 
I actually have to laugh about it because I'm like, I posted one video. I'm like, I'm going to do this every day until the last day of the year. And I posted this sometime in November or December. I posted it for like three days in a row. And then people start commenting. They're like, oh, what's going on with the stair stepper? Any progress? Do you like it? I did not have the heart to tell them. Like, I'm embarrassed. Like, no, I stopped doing it. I stopped doing it after three days. And I don't want to be that kind of person that doesn't follow through with my word when it comes to things I'm doing for myself. So I do feel like this is a good challenge in that aspect. But I could understand why it would be like really, really um, disappointing to yourself, like the morale, if you do fall behind or if you do have a sip of wine one night. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do when The Bachelor premieres next week and I can't have a glass of wine. I, it, it's not that like I'm restricting myself. Well, no, I am actually. <laughs> I'm like, no, I am. No, I totally am. I've, I've been like sober curious for a while just because I kind of mm -hmm. stopped drinking all in total. So this is more of a challenge to see like, if I cut it out completely, do I feel better? Like, do 100%. I not have the guilt? So I wanted to ask you like alcohol too, just kind of going through all the other rules in the 75 hard challenge alcohol and how it affects your health and your nutrition in general. Yes. I love that. And I think for me as an intuitive eating counselor, so the, the, um, mission of what I do is helping people make peace with food and their bodies. And the majority of people that I serve would, would identify as disordered eaters, or maybe they are in remission from an eating disorder or kind of an outpatient from a clinically diagnosed eating disorder. So alcohol is definitely something that comes into play because once we start to make peace with food and kind of recognize how food makes us feel and how we relate to it, alcohol is just kind of that natural next progression. And I found that for myself as well, as someone who I went to Penn State, it was a party school as most colleges are. I binge drank my face off. I was extremely disordered. I took Adderall. I smoked weed. I did all the things in college. And but alcohol was like the centerpiece of that. And so I had really disordered years followed by um, years of not really wanting it as much, then transitioning into motherhood years, going through infertility, three rounds of IVF, having my first baby, being currently pregnant, breastfeeding, like alcohol is a huge part of, or releasing alcohol, excuse me, is a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. So I say all this to really invite people into conversation when they're thinking about their relationship with alcohol. Why do you drink, right? Like when you find yourself reaching for a drink, what, what purpose is it serving? Is it to numb an emotion? Is it to push something down that you don't want to feel? Is it to feel more comfortable being social because it makes you a little more loosey goosey? Like what's the, what is the why behind the drink? Is it purely for taste and satisfaction? Um, and then, you know, how do we feel the day after we drink? How does it affect us um, physically, mentally, emotionally? And so those are questions that I had to get really honest with myself over the years. And so I definitely consider myself like a sober, curious person where I went a really long time without alcohol. And I was like, I don't think I'll ever go back to it because I feel amazing without it. Um, and then I find myself, you know, not currently because I'm pregnant, but, you know, throughout the years, maybe having a really nice glass of wine at a really nice restaurant or something, but sipping it slowly and enjoying it and noticing that it doesn't make me feel that pleasant. So that's one of the things right now with January and diet culture being really loud. We see all these wine brands <laughs> that are like clean. And I laugh at, at some of them. Cameron Diaz is everywhere with her freaking wine brand. Love Cameron Diaz, by the way. She's like amazing, but she's got to really stop it with this wine um, because they're trying to say how it's like sugar-free or one gram of sugar and all this stuff. It's like sugar is not what we're worried about in wine. It's that al alcohol is made of ethanol, which is toxic to our body. And so no matter how clean air quotes someone says wine or liquor or beer is, it still has a governor's warning on it that it is harmful to consume. And so again, not to feel guilt or shame for that, but to recognize what it really is because there's people that won't touch a carbohydrate, but then they'll get blacked out drunk on a bottle of wine and snort cocaine. And it's like, whoa, okay, we really got to look at these habits and, and again, come to it with curiosity. That's, that's my number one rule of thumb here. 
It's funny as you're, <laughs> as you're describing all the reasons why people drink alcohol, you're like, why do you drink it? And I'm like, um, I actually don't know. I feel like it's more so like a social thing. Yeah, for but it's sure. Like, oh, have my girlfriends over. We'll have a glass of wine. We're going to watch The Bachelor. Or it's like, oh, you want to go get, grab dinner? We'll get margaritas at dinner. And then like when I'm hosting my family in town, it's like, it's just kind of something to fill the space, I guess. And I, you don't even realize how much a part of like America in general is revolved around binge drinking. Yes. When I was in Italy this past year, um, in the fall with Connor, I had like a glass of wine at dinner. It's mm -hmm. very normal to do that, but they're not drinking like two bottles of wine. They're no. not like having a ton of cocktails. They might have like an Aperol spritz, but they're not binge drinking. And it's really interesting to see that like, even when you're in the airport, people are having a beer before they get on the flight. When you're on your flight, yeah. you're drinking a, you're a mimosa or a Jack and Coke. And then you get off and you're going to dinner and you're drinking something. And it's really, really crazy. Like how much the world revolves around alcohol when there are other substances that are less harmful for you, like marijuana, for example, that's like natural. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Is marijuana okay for you? Like, I, I feel like a nerd saying marijuana. Should I just call it weed? Like, what do I call it? <laughs> call it whatever you want. Um, so again, Dope. now I think we're like crossing over a little out of my scope just as a registered dietitian. It's when we're looking at drugs, you know, versus food. Um, obviously, alcohol <laughs> is something that we consume that has calories. I guess you could technically eat marijuana in many different you forms. Like a weed brownie. Yes. Or what else do they put it in? Like a um, oils or cookies or gummies, gummies. right? But I yeah. think, you know, I actually did an episode on our podcast um, on what the actual fork. We had a dietitian on Leah Kern, who we did an entire episode on cannabis and intuitive eating and how to actually listen to your hunger cues and fullness cues when you're eating because the munchies are really common. And we have a lot oh, yeah. of people who, whether they're recreationally, you know, using cannabis or medicinally now, it's very, very common where people want to be intuitive eaters, they want to make peace with food, but they feel like they have to set strict rules around cannabis. Um, so that's one I can send over to you. We could link in the show notes that I, we talk all about cannabis and food and how it kind of correlates together. I'm like all my, all my listeners, I'm just going to assume that they're all like big smokers. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I've smoked maybe like a couple times in my life. It actually came up in conversation when my family was in town. Um, when we were literally drinking cocktails, actually, they asked if I had ever smoked and I said, yeah, but I just don't like the taste. So I couldn't get behind yeah. it. If it tasted good, like a cocktail, I'd probably be hooked on it, but I hate the, I hate the taste of it. So I'm never going to be like a big, yeah. it was big, big for me in college, but haven't touched it since. And, um, but again, it's everybody's different and people again are using it for such different um, mechanisms now, right? Like for pain management and PTSD and, and all these different things. But back to what you were saying about alcohol before of the like American relationship to alcohol versus the European. Um, I've been to Greece a few times. I'm Greek. And I remember going in college and meeting some of my like second and third cousins that I'd never met before. And they were like, do you ever not remember your nights because of like how much I was drinking? And I was like, yeah, all the time. Like we just go out, we drink. And they were just dumbfounded of how much me and my girlfriends drank. And again, I think that's just like that American way of like restrict, 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 turn 21, binge, go crazy. Like, and over there, they've always had access to alcohol. They're drinking wine when they're like eight years old at the table and it's just around and it's no big deal. And I do yeah. find that parallel to the relationship with food of like, when we have access to all foods, we don't go crazy when something's around that we don't think we're not allowed to have because we're allowed to have it whenever we want it. So yeah, really it actually almost reminds me of like, you know, helicopter parents who are like so yes. over in your face and like trying to control you that I feel like anybody with parents like that always end up being the ones that are getting themselves into trouble. It's like one. if you're told that you can't have sex, if you're told that you yep. can't go to parties, if you're told you can't drink or smoke or do any of these things, it makes people want to do it more. So I almost like my parents were never like that. And I felt like I always had the decision to do whatever I wanted to do. Yep. So when I did get drunk for my first time, I was drinking Mike's hard lemonade. I think I had, I don't even know if I had two, I might've just had one. Wow. And um, 
<laughs> I know. I know. Right. Isn't that That's awesome? So like impressive. Just, remember when you just had to drink one drink and you're tipsy. Yeah. Awesome. And I remember texting my mom and telling her that I was drunk and I apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You have to know. And I was at my friend Tessa's house in her barn. I will never forget it. And, um, I just wonder if like, if our drinking age in America was lower and it was introduced into people's lives earlier, like, I don't know if that would be good or not. Cause would it just make the problem worse? I feel like at this point, it it's might. hard now with the way the culture is, but it's, you see it over in Europe of like, it's just not a thing there. And yes, I mean, don't get me wrong. Alcohol is everywhere in Europe, but it's not the binging, right? It's not the, mm -hmm. the pure indulgence of it and getting to a place of like complete toxicity. So it's really interesting how different the I cultures are. Yeah. I actually think the binge drinking culture too also kind of falls into like the idea of fun on weekdays was that a lot of people work all during the week yes. and you're exhausted and you're tired or so you come home and like maybe you have a glass of wine or whatever but you're probably not like going out and doing anything so you wait for the weekend to then go out and you party and you drink every single day you wake up yep. here the dog you have another drink you go out at night yep. and i know because that's literally what i did the first like two years i lived Same. in austin i was in new york at the time Same. yeah and it's like that's i mean but that's just what people do. That's just what people do at that age when you're 22, 23, moving to a new city. It's like, that's how you meet people. Yep. There are plenty of other ways to meet people too, but especially coming from college where like that is one of the main ways to meet people was you're going out at bars. I was a bartender. I was in a sorority. You're always going to like date functions and stuff. It just seems like the natural progression. And I feel like it wasn't until I started getting really bad hangovers and I started especially with social media too. I would like post TikToks when I was drunk or I would be on mm -hmm. TikTok live and I would wake up in the morning and see that I was on live and be like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I say? Yeah. I would be like at my kitchen island eating edamame, talking on TikTok live. I'm like, I don't even know what I said. And that is, I feel like when I started to get maybe a little bit more like conscious of it was mm -hmm. because I realized I have so much to lose if I ever step out of line, mm -hmm. especially when you have a platform, like it doesn't matter if you're drunk or not. I feel like Correct. being drunk can't be an excuse, whether you're cheating on a partner and you say, oh, he was drunk or mm -hmm. I was drunk or whatever. It's the same as like your words and your actions when you're drunk, Yeah, especially with social media. So I feel like that's when I kind of started realizing like, ooh, if I am drinking, I probably shouldn't be posting because who knows if I'm going to regret that in the morning. <laughs> I'm so lucky that my girlfriends and I always say this, we were seniors in college when Instagram became like just became a thing and it wasn't anything like it was now. And I always say like, thank God, like, thank God I did not have Instagram or TikTok or anything during those years because yeah, it's just, it's so normal to hit record or click that big red button and start talking, especially when you have some alcohol in you. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like the best time to record. Yep. I think <laughs> I used to even record a lot of my podcast episodes, like somewhat drunk. And when I go back and listen to them, well, I actually can't listen to them. Cause I'm like, what am I saying? This is so all over the place. I hate it. I'm like embarrassed, but like, oh, my digital blueprint is not looking too good. Well, I'm going to look back at this in 20 years and just cringe. Well, please out. know that you're not alone because my co-host and I, from What the Actual Fork, our original podcast name was Drunk Dietitians, and we would drink <laughs> wine, thinking that it was, like, cool to, like, be a little tipsy and, like, talk about diets. And we literally cringe to this day when we say it, but I also think, like, sharing that with your audience and that you've always done this is how you've always been and that's why I think you're so successful and so loved um on the internet and in person is showing your growth showing your fuck-ups showing where you're like taking accountability and I think that's that's what people want to see because that's, if we're not growing like what's the point right if we're not learning from from what we've been doing so right there with you drunk dietitians there it is I need to go back and listen to that because no, I feel like that's probably in the same boat as me. You're like, why, why was I doing that? Yep. But anyway, so we covered the reading a day. We covered the water, the, the no alcohol. So I think one of the last two things of the 75 hard challenge is two workouts a day, mm -hmm. 45 minutes each, which I have to admit is like not super out of line in my normal everyday life. Mm -hmm. Is it like every single day that I work out that much? No, not necessarily, but I am a fairly active person. So I feel like the two 45 minute workouts is mainly more of like a routine, like mm -hmm. creating a schedule out of it. 
but you said that you're also a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on like over exhausting and working out too hard and not listening to your body, but then also trying to tack on drinking too much water, restricting your diet, all of these things while lifting weights and working out and excessive cardio? Yeah, it's a great question. So just so I understand completely with 75 hard as well, it's not too like lifting workouts a day. Is it just moving your body for 45 minutes? Yeah. Or- it doesn't explicitly say like you need to do Got a it. hit workout Got it. and then you need to do a cycle class. But the idea is one workout, 45 minutes. I, I assume it's like maybe a little bit more intense. And then the second one has to be outdoors. So you could like go play pickleball, go for a hike, go for a run, go on a bike ride. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, well, I think you hit the nail on the head is really making sure that we're not overdoing it. And again, so I, I have my personal training hat that I wear, but then I'm also an intuitive eating counselor where I help people heal their relationship with food and body and movement comes along with that. Because a lot of times when someone is dieting, I think of, again, I could use myself as an example for 15 plus years. During those years I was dieting, I was also like a hamster on a fucking wheel on the elliptical in the gym over and over and over. And it was like, I was just watching how many calories I was burning. Like I had to burn a certain amount. It was punishment, right? Like, And so my intention for my movement then was extremely disordered. It was only to shrink my body. It had nothing to do with how the movement felt in my body or how it made me feel after the fact. And so that's where I think it's really important to just get really intentional and understand what your intentions are with the movement and to allow yourself a rest day. And that's where like, I just, I don't align with 75 hard because our body and our muscles do need rest and recovery and they do need proper nourishment post movement, especially like a hit class or heavy lifting to repair the the protein or excuse me, our muscles that were breaking down with protein. And so it's, there's a, a lot of nuance to the conversation, but I, I would really tell people to proceed with caution because you're also at a really high risk of injury if you're overdoing it and not getting enough rest as well. Yeah. I also feel like whenever people talk about 75 hard, there's this mentality that it's like impossible to do, Mm -hmm. which I feel like if you don't already implement at least a few of the rules, like in your daily life, it is a huge change overnight to just do like a flip of a switch. Yes. 180 change your lifestyle. I feel like a lot of the things that are included in it, I already have. So like Mm -hmm. I said, it's more so like creating a routine and a schedule out of it. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that, especially as women working out every single day is even good for your hormones Mm -hmm. because this time last year I was, I was attempting cycle syncing. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. I need to know your thoughts on cycle syncing. Okay. So there's not a lot of black and white evidence on it. But again, when it comes to things like this, I never like to yuck people's yum. Like if someone's doing cycle syncing and they feel like they're feeling better physically or because you, were you doing it for acne, correct? Like trying, yeah. if you don't mind yeah, kind of like, shedding a little light on why you were doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So cycle syncing too, for anybody who doesn't know is within the 28 days of your period cycle, mm-hmm. there are different phases. So there's a phase where you're like super motivated, you're super creative and social. And then we all know the PMS when you're like yep. cranky and you have higher cravings and like, you don't want to move, you're bloated. Then when you're on your period, you're emotional and you're like sore and you don't feel well. So the idea is to sync every single week of your phases with your workouts, with your food, and then also with any nutrients you take. So there's, I mean, there's a million ways you can cycle sync. And I think the reason why I stopped doing it was because I felt so overwhelmed that I wasn't doing every single part of it, that I felt like if I wasn't doing it all, it wasn't going to work. There's like seed cycling. Like what? Yes. So that's what I'm more familiar with that people have brought to me before. Yeah. And seed cycling is like literally eating a certain kind of seed at a certain kind of time of the month. Like, um, what are they? Pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds. Yes. I'm like, I'm not a bird. (laughs) I don't need to incorporate seeds in my diet unless I actually want to eat them. But that's the idea. And over time, you are essentially trying to level your hormones naturally without taking birth control because 
that has been a huge trend that people are getting off of birth control, but they're like, how am I supposed to know when my period is coming? And if your hormones aren't level, then your period is likely not going to come at the same time every month, which doesn't allow you to track it if you are with like sexually active. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the whole point of it. But through cycle syncing, people have leveled their hormones, they have lowered their cortisol, and they have in return, maybe lost weight or their acne has cleared or their hair has started growing back. So there are like good positive benefits of it. I did see like quite a bit of positive changes for myself, but it's just so difficult to stick to all of the rules. (laughs) Well, and I think you just hit the nail on the head, right? Of the rules creating more stress for you than good. So like the risk outweighed any reward that might be there. And so from what I've seen with the seed cycling specifically, there's not a lot of, cause I know like cycle syncing versus seed cycling and there's different things going there, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. And the evidence, there's not a ton of evidence. There's not a ton of studies. It's not as black and white, but again, going back to what I started with is it, it all comes down to, <laughs> sorry. Hey, what's wrong, babe? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no worries. I think it all comes down to looking at the nuance of nutrition, the nuance of our behaviors and understanding that when we have, when we're doing something right, like whether, like you said, eating seeds, there's nothing inherently bad or wrong with incorporating seeds into your diet. They're very nutrient dense. They're very high in fats. They're very high in vitamins and minerals and fibers. Like they're a wonderful addition, but who's to say that that is the thing that is creating the positive result that the person is seeing, right? Also, if there's movement incorporated with it or any nutritional changes or, you know, there's, there's so much there that it's really hard to say what is the the contributing factor to seeing a positive benefit. But at the end of the day, if somebody's doing something, they're feeling more physically, mentally, and emotionally pleasant, it's not adding stress to their day, they genuinely enjoy it, then there's nothing wrong with trying it. But I, again, always go back to the, like my, my certified intuitive being counselor brain always says, if something is adding stress, you're feeling restricted, you're feeling morality tied to your food choices, to your movement choices, then it's probably doing more harm than good to your health. Yeah, that's a good explanation of it. Because I really did, I don't know if it was just a placebo effect where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I feel good. I feel strong. Again, at this time, I was working out with a personal trainer. So maybe it had everything to do with her. It was just so hard to pinpoint why I felt good, whether it was like syncing my diet with my period, syncing my workouts with my period, or working out with a personal trainer. There were just a few things that I changed all at once. So it's hard to pinpoint that. And especially trying to share that journey on social media, I could see why people would be frustrated because they're like, but you don't know, like you're not, you're not an expert. And so for you to say that it works, but then only for you to stop doing it after three months is like, what? (laughs) So just here to say, like, it's really difficult to do, but I think it would be a lot freaking easier if the entire world of women were all cycle synced together and we all got our period at the same time every single month. And we all lived on the 28 day cycle instead of the 24 hour male male cycle. Cause that's what we're all currently living in. And I feel like that's why it is so difficult to keep up with it. But yeah. if we were all were like truly synced, then it would be, it would be so much easier. We could all do it together. And wouldn't it be <laughs> nice if we learned about our cycles? Like I, I will never forget once we started, uh, before we started trying for our first daughter, like we, you know, we were, I came off of birth control for a year and it was like, okay, let's like actively not try. So I had to know when my period was coming and know when I was ovulating. And like, that was the first time in my life that I had learned about this female cycle. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like, how haven't I known about this? Like, it's just, our education system is flawed as well. Yeah, it is crazy. (laughs) I actually read a book. It was called In the Flow and it's by Alyssa Violetti or something like that. She's the founder of cycle syncing. And she explains that. And that was the first time that I actually 
felt like I learned about my period yeah. and about the different phases. I just didn't even know that. I just knew that every month there was a time where I'd yeah. be super emotional and I'd get so irritated and cranky and I'd pick a fight with Connor about everything that I possibly could. And I didn't know why. I just thought I was annoyed of him. And then the next day I get my period and I'm like, oh, <laughs> actually I do still love you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it is wild because in the book, she does talk about how, like, if you're having something that's going on that you feel like is out of line, people like doctors, um, what's the word? First thing is to say, here, go on birth control mm -hmm. and to just like basically do a quick fix of yep. your hormones by taking your period like away, essentially, mm -hmm. um, which is not always the best thing for you. But again, I'm not a professional, so that's just what I read in the book. But I thought it was really interesting because that was the first time I learned anything like that. And yeah, I did have to learn because I haven't been on birth control in years. Mm -hmm. And whenever I share that, people reply to my story. They're like, wait, how do you, how do you not get pregnant? Yeah. And I'm like, I literally have to know when I'm ovulating, yes. like you have to be aware of it. Correct. Um, so I do think that there's like benefits to cycle syncing, but maybe, maybe I'll try again later this year. I got to stick to the 75 hard right now. <laughs> One the, thing at a time, Jenna, and also know that you don't have to do any of those things and you can still work on behaviors that do impact your health, but you don't have to be doing anything if that makes sense. So there's ways yeah, yeah. that you can improve health, but not have it be cycle syncing or 75 hard. Mm -hmm. Well, the last part of 75 hard is the diet portion, mm -hmm. which is really where your like experience being a dietitian yes. comes into play. And I want to talk about a lot of the popular diets that people do, whether it's at the beginning of the year or before a vacation, before a wedding, whenever. Um, so you mentioned that you dieted for like 15 years. Yes. <laughs> what were some of the diets you tried to do? Oh gosh, I was um, so I'm like an elder millennial. So like, I even remember buying like hydroxy cut pills. I don't even know if you remember what? those. Like, the, like it was like from GNC. It was like something. Um, Gen Z is shaking right now. We're like, what is that? Yeah. It's like so old. Um, I definitely tried Weight Watchers. Um, I was like huge on my fitness pal, like just logging every calorie, every macro, every gram of sugar you could imagine. So my fitness pal, just like staying within a 1200 calorie diet, which is the nutritional needs of a two-year-old, by the way. So I do not recommend doing that. Um, my fitness pal definitely took up a lot of my time. I was really into the tone it up girls back in the day who I actually, I love some of their stuff today, but back in the day they had very extreme disordered eating plans. Um, oh gosh. Like what else was out there back then? It was like old school books. I would read like 17 magazine and read like a celebrity diet and then be like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, what did Jennifer Aniston eat in a day? Which like, who knows if that was even what she fucking ate in a day. But then I would take that and be like, okay, I'm going to eat this every day. Um, there were times that I would say I'm only going to eat like raw vegan. I would, uh, I've just, I've cut it all out. It was just roller coaster of trying things. Yeah. The, the veganism thing, you're never going to catch me doing that. I just, I can't do it. But I think the funniest one that I tried to do <laughs> was the military diet. And I remember doing it during COVID because I was like, I was so bored and I was it's like, I need something to double. do. Yeah. I'm like, I need something. And also you couldn't really buy anything at the grocery store because everything was sold out. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go buy these five things I'm allowed to eat and see if this makes me skinny. Cause I was drinking a double bottle of barefoot Moscato every night. And I'm like, okay, cool. My senior year is gone. I'm stuck in this house, which I actually loved because I was hanging out with my girlfriends like every night. It was so yeah. fun, but I was gaining weight and it was stressing me out. And you can't go to a gym, even just like walking outside. I lived in Ohio. It was cold. I'm not going to go walk around in my parka. So I remember being like, Ooh, I'm going to try this military diet. And it included just some really weird things. Like you were allowed to eat a cup of ice cream at night, vanilla ice cream. Um, they wanted you to eat cottage cheese with apples and then like rice cakes and stuff. And then just slices of cheddar cheese. It was really, it was really weird. I did it for three days and I actually have a picture in my uh, camera roll of the before and after I look the exact same. I don't, <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, Oh, I'm skinny now, <laughs> but that's probably like the silliest one that I tried. Other than that, I guess I've never been like a huge diet person more. So just trying to eat healthier mm -hmm. by just trying to incorporate like more fruits and vegetables and mm -hmm. then just cutting out maybe more of like the 
high dairy kind of meals. And that's mainly because I feel like shit when I eat that. Mm-hmm. Like I tried going uh, gluten and dairy free a year and a half ago. Um, cause my boyfriend Connor is, and we cook together a lot. So it was kind of like easier to just do that. Yeah. And I, I will not lie. I felt really good. Like my stomach didn't have the gurgling nonstop. I didn't feel like lethargic or anything. I felt very clear minded and I really, really liked it, but I'm, I missed my cravings. Like I missed the ice cream. Mm. I missed the Mac and cheese and the pasta and all of the really like rich foods. And so I just, when I broke it, I decided I was just breaking it. I'm going back to whatever I want to eat. And that's what I've been doing for the past year and a half. Now I'm like, maybe I should try to go back to the gluten and dairy free, not because I'm trying to like restrict my eating, but because I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. Like my family being in town with Christmas, eating all the cookies, all the carbs, not carbs. I shouldn't say that eating all of like the, I don't know, really dairy heavy casseroles and stuff. Yeah. I've just not felt well, like at all. Yeah. And I want to validate for you. Like when you feel discomfort in your body, like that's a valid feeling, right? And like, you know, your body. And I also want to invite you to get curious about like when you were gluten and dairy free, did it stop you from having large quantities of certain foods in a sitting? So for example, like maybe a heavier casserole or a couple slices of pizza or a mac and cheese dish. And sometimes it's not necessarily the food in general, but the amount of food and what we're pairing it with. So mm-hmm. It can even be going through a trial period of, okay, and I'm using just like a random example. If we're at like a restaurant and we get like a big thing of mac and cheese or multiple slices of pizza, can we alter that and try to add some protein with it, making sure we're drinking water? And again, I'm not even saying, I I have no idea what portions you were eating and whatnot, but sometimes I find people will say like these foods make me feel a certain way and it could be the amounts we're eating of them um, or when we're consuming them or also what we had earlier that day. Cause if there was a day that maybe you were busy, you didn't get a lot of food in. And then at nighttime we're getting more of those heavier foods in our body has to work. Like our digestive system isn't warmed up if you will. And so sometimes mm-hmm. that can feel unpleasant and discomfort um, if we haven't ate a lot and then we go into like a big heavy meal. So those are some other things to consider as you trial that, um, because I love how you said, like, I wanted to include some of these rich foods that I really love. And like there, there's probably restaurants that you love or like recipes that you love that that food can bring you so much pleasure, like in life. Um, but again, it, it's, it's that balancing act of like, how much discomfort am I feeling? Do I have an intolerance? Do I have an allergy? Is it the size? So again, there's so much nuance to nutrition. I wish I could ball it up in, in one perfect answer, but there's a lot to consider there. Yeah. I actually feel like to answer your question about portion size, I feel like I ate more when I was gluten and dairy free mm-hmm. because my mindset with that was that it was healthier. So like mm. I was less restricted than when I was just eating whatever I wanted because I didn't have any guilt about it. Cause I'm like, this is healthy. This is like better for me it's less processed in my mind. It was less processed. I don't know that actually is, but I told myself it was. Um, but yeah, there are just certain foods that just really upset my stomach, which sucks because I love mac and cheese. I love ice cream. Those are probably two of my favorite dishes. And lately, I don't know what it is, but like, I, I can't, I, it hurts my stomach so bad. My lower abdomen. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. And that just, I don't, I know that it's not natural. So I'm like, something's gotta be up with it. Maybe it is some type of intolerance, but yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But I'm not really following like a specific diet for the 75 hard. I think you're supposed to, but I'm not doing that. I don't really care. I'm not, I don't care that much. <laughs> I like it. I, I support that message. I think it's eating, you know, listening to your hunger cues. When are you hungry? Especially because if you're incorporating more physical activity or more consistent physical activity, making sure you're nourishing your body, getting a nice balance of carbs, protein, fats, fruits and vegetables, like all of the things. Um, Cause I have pulled up here, like the rules of 75 hard from an article. And it just says, follow a diet. While it can be a diet of your choosing, the diet must be a structured eating plan with the goal of physical improvement. Um, 
And it also says to take a before and after photo. Oh, I, have, I didn't do that. Okay. I, I, I'm not doing that. I I'm not weighing it. myself. Good. No. <laughs> Good. I'm clapping over here. And I always like to say, like, I, and I hope anyone that hears this can remember this is like, there's no such thing as a before and after photo unless the person in the after photo is dead. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but it's a before and during photo because we have the rest of our lives to live. And it's so easy. Like if you Google 75 hard or there's millions of hashtags of people that have done it where they'll show their before and after. And it's so easy to look at that and be like, why can't I do that? Or why can't I look like that? Or why can't I drop that weight? And I, and I really just want to encourage people to think about like, that is a snapshot in a moment of time. We have no idea what that human looks like now. What happens after 75 hard, right? Like what happens three years down the road? And so that's why I'm a real big proponent of just listening to our body, what it needs, what we want, what our health goals are, instead of following rules. And of course, taking these pictures that going back to like, they don't make us feel good about ourselves. And it, it just promotes yeah. that comparison. Well, I'm like, I have plenty enough pictures and videos of myself online. I'm pretty sure I can look back at those and see if I've like changed at all. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely been guilty of it in the past. And people are like, girl, why are you body checking? I'm like, Ooh, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know what that was, but I was yeah. definitely doing it in a lot of videos. And then when I became like more aware of myself doing it and then more aware of other people doing it, it made me like, maybe want to stop doing that a little bit less. Yeah. But part of the reason why I didn't take the before photo was actually because I forgot. So I'm like, I'm not perfect over here. I probably would have done it had I done it a couple of days ago. But now I'm like, eh, it's been four, four days, whatever. I'm not going to like go put on a bikini just so I can take a picture. Um, so I wanted to ask you just a couple, like, these are just very common things that I do. Okay. And I know a lot of other people do. I want to know your thoughts on if this is healthy or not, okay. or if this is like good or bad for you. Okay. Number one. A lot of people fast um, or intermittent fasting. I would do this unconsciously. I would not intentionally do it, mm -hmm. but I would wake up and I would go and teach a workout class and I would come home, shower, work for the day, and then I wouldn't eat until dinner. But it's because I wasn't eating because I wasn't hungry. Lately, I've been eating way more, like making sure I eat a breakfast, lunch, and dinner because of 75 hard. And now that I'm eating more, I am way hungrier during the day. So I'm curious your thoughts on intermittent fasting for women specifically. I am not a fan of intermittent fasting. So I always say intermittent fasting is a fancy way of starving ourselves if we're doing it intentionally. Chic. Yeah. <laughs> Fashionable. Yeah, there you go. Um, again, if someone's doing it intentionally. So we have a natural fast that our body does overnight. And then we have breakfast breaking the fast, which helps us break that fast. Um, for people like yourself who were, like you said, you were doing it kind of unconsciously. Sometimes it's that our hunger cues might not be that loud and drinking, there's certain things that we do, drinking coffee, working out that can actually suppress our appetite sometimes. So then these suppressive things are happening and then we kind of don't get to hunger or excuse me, don't get to the meal. And then we're busy, we're working, we're doing errands, we're doing things. And so that. I, I would invite people if they're thinking that it's unconsciously happening to think about, okay, do I want to incorporate more food throughout the day um, and give myself more energy? Because our body loves to be fed throughout the day because that's when we're moving, right? That's when we're using our brain. That's when we're doing things. Um, so I do not support it for women, especially with how complex the female body is with hormones and fertility and like we've talked about cycles like our bodies need nourished and fed mm -hmm. okay well, that's a good answer <laughs> i feel like i've seen things recently where it's about how like men with intermittent fasting it's like a really good way for them to lose weight but for women it's almost counter productive because it can mess up your hormones and it can actually like make you gain weight if they're out of line or whatever. I don't know if that's true. Again, it's probably just another thing that I read online. Just like all the other things that I read online. It's like, I don't even know what's true anymore. I have no idea. You see a TikTok and like you said, you're like, oh my God, I got to try that. And then you're like, wait, is that factual? I don't know. It's God, there's just too many things. There's too I many know. things to keep track of yourself, to feel good, to look good. It's, it's exhausting. There's a lot of um, bullshit out there, but that's where like my biggest thing as an intuitive eating counselor is we teach clients and, and humans all over how to trust yourself 
And I know that might sound like a little woo-woo and like saying that because it's like, what does that even mean? But all of these things, fasting, 75 hard, Noom, Octavia, I mean, you name it. It's like, follow these rules, eat this plan, eat these calories. And it's like, no, we are so nuanced as human beings, like with our activity, our sleep, our work, like everything that we do. And so how do we learn to listen to our own cues that we've been given as human beings as a compensatory response to tell us like, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty? Because so many times we turn off those cues to listen to, like you said, those videos or those plans or those hot um, cleanses or whatever's big at the time. And so if you ever have any doubts, just send it to me and I'll be like, nope, Jenna, nope, we're not doing it. I'll I'll set you straight and I'll keep you in line. Yeah, it's funny, like clean girl aesthetic or Pilates girl aesthetic. Yes. That was like such a huge one this past year. Like Ugh. she's drinking green juice. We all know green juice doesn't taste good. We all know you're doing it for the TikTok. Like maybe you just have bad t- taste buds. I tried to do it. The celery juice, not good. Mm-mm. I, I love matcha. Matcha is delicious. I don't know if you're a matcha Okay, girly. I do like matcha too. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, another thing that I do. <laughs> My mom's going to kill me for this. I, like I said, I'll go to a workout class in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'll drink some pre-workout. Mm-hmm. And then after I'm like, Oh God, I have such a long day. So I will drink a energy drink, like aminoline, like I have right here. Yeah. And then during the day, I'm like, Oh, I want a little treat. So I'll get some coffee. And before I know it, my heart feels like it's going to burst out of my chest. And I drink so much caffeine every day. So what are some of the side effects and negative things about caffeine towards like your nutrition in general? Yeah. Well, I think it's, you just kind of hit the nail on the head explaining to me if I say like, what does it feel like? What does the experience feel like in your body when you have that much caffeine? Well, normally I'm like euphoric. I'm like, oh my God, I could do anything in the world. I have all these business plans. I have all these ideas. I'm so creative. I'm awesome. And then you kind of hit that crash where you're laying in bed at night. And I think this is why I like realized that it was bad. I need to cut back because I lay in bed at night and I just can't sleep at all. And you just, you still feel that like heartbeat Mm -hmm. and it's on, it's almost uncomfortable because you're Mm -hmm. so aware of your heartbeat. Yeah. And I didn't realize that it had to do with the caffeine until I made a TikTok and I was like, yeah, I have caffeine or I have a coffee and an energy drink and I drink pre-workout in one day. And People are like, Jenna, you can't do that. You can literally die. (laughs) You're like, oh no. So yeah, I think thinking about those things, that's where I always like to bring it back to is like, what is the physical experience like in your body? Does it feel pleasant? Does it feel unpleasant? If it does feel unpleasant, just like you said, what do we want to do about it? Because we have the autonomy to make those decisions. And so now it sounds like you have been at least the past four days implementing more food during the day. Have you noticed any differences now that you're eating more during the day with the caffeine? Has that helped at all? Actually, actually, yes. And I will say, I think part of the reason why I wasn't eating until dinner was because I had drank so much caffeine during the day that my mind was so focused on what I was doing. Almost similar to like Adderall. When you take Adderall and you are laser focused on what you're doing, you're not thinking about whether you're hungry or not. And then the nighttime comes, it's eight o'clock. You're like, oh shit, I should probably eat dinner, even though I'm not very hungry. Um, And then I wake up in the morning and just kind of do it all over again. But I will say, I've been trying to like kind of cut back on my caffeine in general, just because I don't necessarily like the way that it always makes me feel, but then also eating more throughout the day. I almost feel like I don't feel as crazy when I drink this. Yeah. Well, I think, and you again, hit it, hit it on the head there. The caffeine is one of the biggest appetite suppressants. So between like going to the workout class, being busy with work, having caffeine to suppress your appetite, that makes so much sense of of what you were experiencing and how you weren't eating until the nighttime. So I am not against caffeine. Caffeine can have a lot of um, positive benefits for cognitive function. And that's what you've also experienced is like when you had that first cup of coffee and you're, or whatever, you know, caffeine you're drinking and you're sitting down and you're feeling creative and you're really like into the work that you're doing, that's a positive thing. So that's by no means a bad thing. And so I think it's just recognizing once the positive benefits also have those negative or not even benefits once those positive symptoms also have negative symptoms attached to it then exactly like you're doing getting curious you're like "Eh, okay what are some adjustment adjustments i can make to not feel this way because it doesn't feel that pleasant Mm -hmm. um 
but no, I, I love, I love caffeine. <laughs> caffeine is my drug of choice <laughs> in my thirties. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever, there are some people who just don't drink caffeine at all. Like, okay. I don't, no one cancel me for this, but can't Mormons can't drink caffeine, right? I think I That's saw like, that on TikTok somewhere. Yeah. It's like, they're like not allowed to order coffee or something. Yeah. I think I think because they're against anything that's like addictive, I think that coffee, caffeine, energy drinks, I think that all kind of falls in suit with that. Yeah. I could, I could never do it. I yeah. tr- truly could never do it. Maybe if I never had a sip of caffeine to begin with, I would never know. But once you have it, you're like, oh, that, that is what I need in order to get out of bed. Sometimes yeah. like going to the coffee shop at the end of my street is the one thing that I'm looking forward to during the day. Yes. So I don't know if I could ever get rid of that. <laughs> yes. And it's like, again, it goes back to like food and beverage having not only does it taste good, right? But it's like, it's an experience. It's a pleasurable thing for you to like go to your coffee shop. And like, that's a positive around a food and beverage, I think. And that adds mm-hmm. to our life. Um, for me, the one weird thing has been in my first trimester for both pregnancies, coffee was <gasps> disgusting. Really? And it was heartbreaking because I was like, I want this, but I don't want it at all. But like, I, I want it but I don't and it was just so confusing um because you know that you like it when you're not pregnant but then when you are did you have any other like really weird food cravings so with my first um she was all sweets it was like a it was like a McFlurry every other night I was at McDonald's my girl Elsa working the drive-through she's so cute like best friends with her so that was like my first pregnancy and fruit like I ate so many mandarin oranges and then this time around I am having another girl. I know they're the, they're the same sex, um, but it's like salt. It's like give me all of the pickles, the chips, the uh, anything with salt, like banana peppers. I could like drink vinegar. I don't. It's so weird. So strange. I um, I feel like I saw this on TikTok. Pickles with peanut butter. Ooh, that's... which sounds disgusting. Did you try but it? I, I no no, and I didn't even start liking pickles or olives until or like pickled onions or anything okay. until probably a year and a half ago because I accidentally had it on my cop order and I was like what is this and then I tasted it I was like oh that's actually hmm, actually that's not too bad yes they have the pickled onions I love kava so good um but yeah that's my my current craving I don't know it's weird it's so weird but the body knows what the body wants and so it's funny like with pregnancy a lot of times I find women find it easier to listen to their body because they're like oh it's for the baby and I'm taking it and I'm like hey it doesn't matter if there's a baby growing in there or not you're allowed to listen to your body um but it is wild how in pregnancy it feels like your body's like yelling at you exactly what mm-hmm. it wants I say mm-hmm, as if I am like relating to you I'm not I'm not relating to you I have no idea what you're talking about but I imagine that someday when I am pregnant I will think that yes. too yes. um also if you like pickles have you tried the chamoy pickle have you heard of those no what is it you you've never seen it no. it's like all over tiktok shop okay i don't know if you should be buying a pickle from tiktok shop but it scares idea is like, me a little bit but i'll do some research so it's like it's this giant eggplant looking pickle and i think it's it might even be purple on the inside you cut open the center of it i believe and then it comes with all these ingredients and things that you put inside of it and then you wrap it in a fruit roll up <laughs> Saying this out loud just sounds unreal. Like, what have we come to? That <laughs> this is this our world. Random concoction of pickles and candy is being sold on the internet. Like, what? On Where is that shop. Yeah, on TikTok shop of all places. Um, but it's super viral. You're gonna have to look it up okay. after after this. I will. People say that it's incredible. I don't know if I believe them, but we'll have to look. I don't know. We'll have to look. Maybe might be your new pregnancy craving. Might be. I'll let you know. I'll report back. Yeah, I'm reading this uh, cute little book. It's called 101. Uh, essays that will change the way you think or something like that. My sister got it for me for Christmas and there was one that was in there and it talked about mindset and how it shapes your experience and your perception of your experience. And it just, I don't know, it tied into how I've been feeling. I feel like for the past Mm -hmm. year and just discouraged because when I do look at pictures of myself, I'm like, oh damn, I look good. My arms are toned in that tank top. And now I put on sports bra and I go to the gym. I'm like, oh my God, I need a t-shirt. I need like a long sleeve shirt. And I feel so stupid to say that. And I get mad at myself because mm-hmm. I'm like, if somebody else was hearing me say that, they would be discouraged in themselves because they're like, well, if she thinks that, like, what am I supposed to think? Mm-hmm. So I feel like 2024 I mean, maybe it should be the year every single year, but I'm just going to be way more aware of like what I say online and how I talk about myself in my videos, because I don't want that to come across as like 
encouraging other people to do the same. So hopefully this episode is encouraging to anyone who is like thinking about wanting to get more into their health and wellness this year, but not wanting to restrict themselves and wanting to do it in a healthy way. Um, I really loved chatting with you, Sam. You're awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna. And thank you for sharing that. And I hope like you don't beat yourself up for having those thoughts. You're human and it's normal and just building awareness around them and moving forward from there is, is great. So thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for, thanks for coming back for round two. I feel like this one was just as great as the first. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll do a third. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sam. And thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. All of Sam's information will be in the podcast description to follow her on socials, listen to her podcast and yeah, you have like, you have programs you can sign up for. Yeah. We, the easiest way to find us is on Instagram at find.food.freedom and exciting news. Since the last time we spoke, we now officially take insurance, um, nationwide. So we have a team of eight registered dietitians and certified intuitive eating counselors that are certified in eating disorder, body image, everything. It literally has started as of yesterday, so it's blowing up. It's a new world that I've never entered before. So definitely come on over to our Instagram. You can get your benefits checked, and we'd be happy to help. Oh, my gosh. That is actually awesome because the insurance part of health, I feel like, is such a barrier for a lot of people. So, you know, that's part of the reason why a lot of people don't invest in it is because it's not covered, and you don't want to pay for it. So. Um, anybody who's listening, yeah, go check out Sam and maybe she can help you with a better, cleaner, healthier mindset for the new year. Awesome.